Welcome to Four Teenage Girls. I'm your host, B Highland. Um, this is a podcast about youth, and here's a little funny anecdote before we get started. So I had an episode ready for this week that I was going to post a few days ago, but it got eaten, as is the want of every file on my computer ever. Um, so tonight, I recorded this episode last minute, and the file crashed again. I managed to recover it because I am a goddamn wizard, but, uh, yeah. So, I hope you enjoy this slight tragedy of an episode, um, and sort of the fun series of events that led to it. But anyway, tonight I'm talking to Alice. She's from Canada. She's 18. She's a delight, and we are talking about Canadian politics, a subject which I know very little about. So, you're gonna see me displaying my limited knowledge of foreign affairs and also saying some stuff about Virginia politics um, because that's where I'm most experienced. So I hope you enjoy this. I, yeah, I love you. Um, sorry this episode's late. Goodbye. Okay, so let's start off. How about you introduce yourself for me? All right. Um, hi, I'm Alice. I'm 18. I live in Canada. Um, I don't know. That's, that's the basics. Cool, cool, cool. So, Alice, what do you want to talk about today? Oh, boy. I don't know. There's so much, but I guess something I've been thinking about recently is, um, young people in politics. Oh, hell yeah. I'm down. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah, because, um, for those who are not from Ontario, um, we recently had a provincial election, and um, I was volunteering with the left party. We have three main ones. Um, the left the one, on the left is like the NDP, the New Democrat Party, yeah. and um, they usually don't have that good of a chance, but this this election they did, they um because everyone hated the um, the liberals, they're the center party. They've yeah, been in power yeah. for fifteen years. Everyone hated them, so it was between the NDP and the Conservatives. Self explanatory. Yeah. And so um I had the summer off and I was I was helping out a lot and um spoiler, the NDP and the Conservatives did get sort of um, well, the conservatives got a majority government. They Gross. can kind of do whatever they want. It is. They are already starting to do things. It's unpleasant. But um, when I was helping out with them, um, there weren't a lot of young people. And I don't mean that in like a, um, like, oh, like young people are uninterested because that's, that's not true. That's lies. Um, but all the people like running it were like old white men. Mm. Um, because, because, you know, they're retired, they have time to do it, but I was thinking about, like, going into that as, like, a young woman, 
not really feeling it's not like they weren't welcome but like they still had this sort of patronizing attitude towards young people and and also probably low-key some unexamined sexism on their part and how like if if you're like young and you want to help out it's so hard to feel like you can do something because you get it from both sides like you know everyone's saying like oh young people don't care and then you try and get involved and like oh it's great that you care here do like copy and paste this excel spreadsheet for three hours yeah um i did a lot of political interning in um in my home state in the u.s of virginia um a few years back i've since given it up because i wanted a paid job that gave me money um but yeah i did some for um more centrist candidates just because the u.s is like that sometimes um and there's not really like opportunities for people to get like resume pretty jobs for candidates that i actually like morally fully agree with um but like it's definitely like an undervaluation of young labor and even like even though the people organizing a lot of the stuff i was doing were also like either in college or fresh out of college or fresh out of high school like they were still being paid like very little which i think is outrageous yeah yeah and um (laughs) yeah i was like going there and working at their office for like like six hours a day for like a week and all of this free um they we were a smaller campaign my writing has never ever gone ndp in the entire history of its existence oh god so yeah we came um we were we lost to the conservative candidate by 176 votes good lord that's that's actually fairly impressive like i'm from a small town and um i don't think uh anyone who is not a republican has ever won a local election here yeah i mean it was it was definitely a victory of a sort but to get that close um and lose and then like meanwhile time um i mean obviously that's politics but yeah it's just it's just not very like incentivizing for someone who's young and that's a lot because of like the way our system works it's first past the post so it's whoever has the most votes out of like everyone not who has like it's it's hard to explain but basically you can win a majority government and control and do everything and no one no other party can stop you if you have like as low as 40 percent of the vote i just like what happened here don't care for that really um I mean, we have the Electoral College here, which is no better, but also, like, democracy is messed up sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. um, I mean, on the bright side, there is some hope, because um, the writing next to mine, um, writings are like the individual sex. You can just look this up. I don't want to give a politic lesson, but... Um, the writing next to mine, the president is actually also my age, or maybe he's 19, but he's, um, he's in, he's in university and he's the president of this writing. He run, he ran this election Oh dang. and he was like, he was on CBC and that's like the country's like 
biggest news outlet. They're yeah. they're public funded, but like he was he was on there talking and like all that and just seeing that um and also like my friends who are like you know women my age getting involved it's it's promising yeah definitely but it's weird like the the attitudes that people have because it's like a combination of like, don't be apathetic at the same time like well of course the youth are going to be apathetic <laughs> um but yeah it's a uh, it's kind of bittersweet because the NDP did get a foothold, and, like, I like them. They have a lot of, like, good ideas. Yeah. But, um, in the end, it's kind of unfortunate, because, again, majority government PCs, and they've already started cutting stuff. Yeah. Yeah, no, I got you. I got you. I, I only know, like, the very, very basics of Canadian politics, but, um... Like, I would, I am definitely a big supporter of what the NDP is doing, and I wish them the best of luck in getting elected in the future, but that, like, definitely a lot of youth apathy in that system is that those promising candidates have such little chance of getting elected anywhere just because of a mix of, like, propaganda and then lack of desire to pay taxes. The irony of, of um, candidate, the um, person who won on the conservative side, there was such a scandal when he was nominated. He wasn't even nominated, someone else was. Then, like, something else happened and he was put in, put in place, but it's, it's like this weird people either, like, vote for the party or for the candidate, um, which is, like, a whole nother thing, but you get, like, a lot of younger people who are just so disillusioned with our our system of how we do things because again like the way it turned out it was like we were like neck and neck with the pcs in the popular vote so to lose and yet we we still lost basically everything it doesn't matter it didn't matter kind of like in the u.s with the presidential election right i just that night i was at my campaign's office and i just remember like um the dems won virginia all over so we were like all celebrating like yes yes finally something good in this in the in the south and then um like within an hour we had like a lot of people were just like weeping on the floor it was a bizarro night yeah i stayed up um really late because i was like desperately hoping that something would happen and i went to bed and i woke up and hell on earth it started but i got so many messages and just comments from like american friends who were just so sort of like upset and scared and a lot of them have like actually moved to canada at least to go to school Oh, After no, that, I I definitely know people in that situation, which is yeah. almost, like, almost funny just because, like, Canada has its political flaws, too, but, like, it's, oh, God. it's, like, a very telling sign of the current reality, I guess. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. I don't know. It's, I don't really know where to, like, go from here, but it's. We need, like, something to encourage people to go out to vote. I kept complaining during the election 
Ontario has the lowest voter turnout amongst all of our provinces. Wait, for real? We have it. For real, it's like 50, 55%. I would. Voter turnout. I would assume it would be a fairly large one just because of the size of it. Like. It's kind of like the thing where they assume, oh, other people will do it. Oh, yeah, fair. Yeah, um. So, so like, half the people aren't voting who can vote. Um, and then, um, even if you do vote, it doesn't matter if you win the popular vote or only lose it by a little bit, it still doesn't matter because a majority government where you have like over a certain amount of people elected means you can pass any legislation, do anything you want. And like the rest of them can't stop with them. We have a liberal federal government, um, and they can pass anything they want and other parties can't stop them kind of like in like congress where you have like a republican majority or whatever like you can't like the other parties can't like do anything yeah pretty much Mm um yeah it's very it's very interesting for me to see like videos from um like i saw a video of a member of the ndp just like um arguing with the pm um, yeah. and that would not happen in the States. Um, I, I, um, interned in, in the House of Representatives for a brief time and like that just does not happen. Occasionally there are like arguments with the person running the session, but not like, you will not be like loudly criticizing the person in, with the most power in the room. So it was, I found it like very admirable, but it was, um, it was like sort of disconcerting i felt yeah yeah um i am glad that people can you have to like look up the exact process it's kind of funny how bad they're there but teaching politics basically anywhere but um you can like request to talk to the pm and there's like a question period and all of that it's pretty well like you can like mp's representative of different call out essentially the the majority government and the prime minister himself it actually happened um happens a lot but like um it's it's good that we have that but that's like it's a pr move they can't do anything they can't yeah. like say anything and and in fact um even if they do that um like for for example in this election you need you need in Ontario. You need eight elected representatives MPs to um, ha- be a um, recognized party, which means if you aren't, you have to ask permission to be able to talk, and they can like shut you down whenever they want. What? Um, yeah, you have to have. Um, it happened last election. The um, the NDP only had seven, and um, Andrea Horvath, the NDP's leader, had to win her by election to be allowed um, official party status. So if you don't have that, you have to like ask permission to talk, and they don't they don't have to let you talk. That is fucking bizarre. Mm-hmm. It's it's really strange. Is also how many people um, get elected depend like determines how much um, election funding you get as well. Oh boy. Um, it's it's really interesting. Everyone talks like in the states, and I hear this a lot about how awesome Canada is and how great Trudeau is, and look, he takes no! selfies and. He cares, he's a feminist, and as someone who lives here, and who has, you know, two, uh, like, that's 
shouldn't be saying that, but you know what I mean, like, who pays attention, basically, I go on Twitter, he's, like, right now, like, in the middle of, he's bought a four-point-something billion-dollar oil pipeline. Yeah. Um, he's trying to push a oil pipeline through indigenous lands when he could, you know, solving the water crises on all of their reserves, because the Canadian government never cared about indigenous people. And there's a whole, like, other list of, like, problems with the current government. And, every, like, in America, it's all, well, you know, at least Canada's better. We're, we're not, actually. I mean, like, in some areas, but especially when it comes to, like, issues with, like, First Nations, Indigenous people. Yeah. Canada's government has done nothing but be horrible to them. Like, right now, Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada, when he was campaigning um, with his party... He promised that he would ask permission from um, indigenous people to put like pipelines and stuff through the reserves or do things on reserves. And he never did it. And now he's like trying. Oh, he did not. Not only that, he's like trying to brute force push it through. Like the reason they bought the pipeline is now they can say it's in national interest and they can send in the military to stop protesters. Yeah, definitely. That's why they did it. So I think it's they get they get distracted by his his hotness. And his like charisma and how he's not Trump and they assume that he's better. He's not as bad as Trump, but he's not good. Yeah, like I wouldn't go so far as to say that Trudeau is a fascist, obviously, just because he's not a fascist. Um, but like there's definitely this sort of like um starry eyed American liberalism, I guess. Like not liberalism as in the economic system, but as in the sort of American ideology, like as it is popularly used. That's a semantical issue I have in a lot of left discussions, whatever. Um, but, um, like, I feel like there's just this very big hope that this young, seemingly upstart, even though he's from a huge political family, um, like, can save the world even though he's kind of not making it any better at all. He's making it worse. Yeah campaigned I didn't like campaign I was like it was a while ago I was like in school trying not to die because exams um, but um, but I supported the liberals because the NDP the federal like federal and provincial are like two different things for like a brief overview so you have like the federal parties and individual um, parties per um, province and they're separate um, but the federal NDP wasn't doing so well mostly because the leader was just, he was getting old and he couldn't really pull off the same charisma and all that as the other two. So it was liberals versus conservatives, basically. Woo. And, um, yeah, so um, I was really happy when um, when the liberals won, um, if only just because the conservatives had been so bad. Yeah. Um, like, you talk about, like, like being able to talk to the, to the like, um, PM and to, like, call, call him out. Um, Harper, the Prime Minister um, for Trudeau, he cracked down on press, like, government interactions so hard. Like, if you worked for the government, you weren't allowed to talk to the press at all. Like, even if you weren't, like, like elected or anything, if you worked in, like, the Department of Defense and you were, like, a secretary, you couldn't, like, talk to the press at all. For real? He wouldn't, he wouldn't have, like, press conferences. He threatened to pull funding for um, publicly funded um, science, like research that would 
say that the oil sands were causing environmental damage. Like he, there's a whole like history of like how the Harper government, as they were called, the conservative government, deliberately um, silenced scientists from talking about the environmental damage that Alberta oil sands are doing. I Um, I really had no idea about this. Like I knew Harper was bad, but not to that degree, certainly. Yeah, yeah, no one really heard about it. He, he made it, my mom works for the government, and she doesn't even do, like, that high a level job as, like, you would hear about in the news, but she said it was just uncomfortable. Like, he tried to create, like, you know, the hostility that Trump has with, with the press, not to like, the yelling extent, Yeah, but to the sort of shut out, like, you can't talk to us, I won't have press conferences, only the press that I want there. You can't, if you were in the government, you can't talk to them without our permission. If you do anything that we don't like, we aren't going to, like, arrest you or lock you up. We'll just make life very uncomfortable for you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I don't and, know. I, um, yeah. yeah, I just no, find don't. it, uh, I find it surreal that, like, this is such a common phenomenon that is so, like, it's not discussed often in when it applies to Western nations. Like, um, Western nations are all ready to talk about it when it's a country in South America or um, particularly like Southeast Asia doing it. But then we see the same thing happening in Britain or in Canada or in the U.S. or in Mexico. And we like, or uh, I mean, Mexico, like we do talk about it sometimes, but still not often. Like it happens still and we don't talk about it at all. Yeah, I feel like we have this weird, like, it's, you know, if you want to go into super detailed, like, leftover, like, um, colonialist attitudes towards we can, we're doing a great job, but all these other countries need us to hold their hands and stuff when we're the ones who are constantly causing trouble and creating their problem. Like, um, <laughs> like, all the sort of, like, patronizing, oh, Trump solved the, um, north south korea crisis and now oh, it's all peaked when like it's just completely disvaluing like um south korea of, like, conversations that south korea's tried to do for so long and now they that trump comes in sweeping and it's like i yelled on twitter and i did it and dennis rodman's just on tv like yeah trump oh, i think yeah. about dennis rodman and every day of my life i try not to yeah <laughs> um I follow, kind of get into sort of social media and um, all that, but I follow someone who's a hardcore communist. Um, on, don't we like, all? I don't mean like, I know, like, I know, like, we all, but like, um, like, really, like, hardcore, like, Stalin was right all along. And I was oh, like, God. oh my God, why? But like, it's a part of sort of, I should pay attention to other people's perspectives. Um, also, they like college hockey, and I like college hockey, so I just meet a lot of what they say, because they're also like, young, young and learning, and what, you know, whatnot. Ugh. Um, they reblog, they retweet a lot of interest stuff about North Korea, and some of it I don't agree with, um, just like nitpicky stuff, but some of it is like, genuine, like, comments about how like the U.S. just caused a lot of these problems in the first place, and yeah, um, like to go in and say like, oh, we need to help you solve your problems, and our way is the only good way is, you know, patronizing and also racist and like it's not like it's dialing know, back it's, in it's, on it's 
old, old imperialist sentiments that the U.S. is still clinging on to in spite of denying it. Oh, Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure, like, that, yeah, it's a lot of it. Like, they talk about, like, imperialism and, like, constant effects that, like, um, like, the double standard of asking North Korea to denuclearize so the U.S. can be, like, another country that has nukes when, like, its enemies get. Yeah. Um, as though, like, like, obviously, like, in the ideal world, no one would have nuclear weapons. Just... But, like, that's not it. So you can't just ask them, hey, hand over all your weapons, and, by the way, we're gonna keep our soldiers here, but you can't have soldiers, and all this, like, double standard stuff, like, completely separate from anything North Korea is doing, just asking that of any country, just sounds absurd, like, what, you go into Britain and say, hey, we're helping you, like, with this Brexit stuff, by the way, give us all your nukes, and we're gonna put a base here. Yep. Like, yeah. It sounds ridiculous when you say it like that, but, like, everyone's like, oh, yeah, he's helping sort of tame North Korea's crazy government, there's so much, but the problem is, like, there's so much propaganda on both sides, like, and it's not like there's any, like, you don't know, like, until you literally walk around, someone was saying, like, just want to go to North Korea and talk to people, and find out what they think, except, that, like, you can't do that, yeah. but also, like, you come here, and you talk to people, and they stand up, and they say the, pl- like, uh, North uh-huh. America, you know, but, like, you stand up, and we sing O Canada in cl- in high school, um, yeah, no, we do, we do the Pledge and the Star-Spangled Banner. They make you stand up and play it over the speakers. Yeah. And then it's Pledge of, the, Pledge of Allegiance in America, and they're like, yeah, we don't have a cult of personality government problem. They do. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So um, how do you think young people can get more involved in, like, changing terrible, terrible government policies and helping out, like, with the good parts of politics, basically. Yeah. I will say, like, on a more positive note, I've been sort of complaining a lot because bad stuff has been happening, but helping out during that election was, like, genuinely one of, like, the best few, like, the best week, few weeks of my life. Yeah. Just in terms of, like, doing stuff and talking to people and helping out and seeing that there were, you know, other people who did agree with what I agreed with and not in, like, a oh, I need to, like, search it out, but just in, like, I don't have to worry about being yelled at by a conservative. Um, but, um, I would say, like, pay attention to when elections are happening. That sounds like a really boring thing to do, but I didn't even know there was an election happening in my city until I, um, until I, like, saw it on Twitter. So even just doing little things like following your city's Twitter or following, like, a political party's Twitter and keeping up with that can be, like, a little useful thing to remind yourself um i would say like i what i did was i literally just um saw a request for volunteers on facebook and i saw the email and i emailed them and they like called me and i sent, i gave them my contact info not five minutes later their volunteer coordinator called me and told me what i could do um so it's like kind of just it's it's like really stereotypical advice but like just do it um and even after, like, even in between stuff, even in between elections, which is, like, when all the exciting stuff happens, there's still stuff you can do. Um, you can go stage a protest. Woo! Like, make it, like, a day of it. Like, yeah, like, invite, like, literally just invite a few friends and just say, hey, let's go to this protest. Even if all you do is stand around, at least you're there and doing something. 
or um, offer to join like the executive of like your party. Like I'm sent off an email to them asking if I could help out because they still do stuff even if they lose. Help out with campaigning, pay attention. I say the pay attention one a lot. It's just because classes like schools in Canada and the U.S. do it terrible terrible job of educating you about politics like they don't mention the ndp like at all for real which is crazy because yeah they like in our in our textbooks and stuff they're always like it's liberal versus conservative which makes sense because like the ndp is like the third party but they have like what like they have a government in bc and alberta they almost had a government here they have the largest they're the official opposition they should be mentioned but they aren't because who cares about teaching politics Mm -hmm. to teenagers yeah. Um, so, like, even just doing things like asking, like, your friends what they think or following, like, a reporter or two on social media. Um, my friend, who isn't actually that involved, but, like, I talked to her about this kind of stuff and she kind of pays attention. She said she had people, like, her friends, like, asking her, who should I vote for in this election? Because they didn't pay attention. So, like, their, their opinions, their votes were literally determined by asking their friend what they thought. Which is like, you know, okay, you can do that, but you can also just go to their website and see what they think, or even just follow them on Twitter and see if you agree with what the party's saying. Yeah. So, so yeah, just like, you know, I say social media, but it is like really helpful, and that's what like a lot of young younger people do, like just, you know, follow someone on Twitter, or like go look at their website like a week before the election happens and, you know, think about who you want to vote for little yeah. still little things little things like that and if you have free time and you're sitting around wondering what you can do give them a call and ask like hey is there anything i can help you guys out with yeah no like for the u.s i'd say a good resource for that is the league of women voters they have like really comprehensive details on pretty much every given local election like i found stuff for my unincorporated village and like i can also like find stuff for like um um, like Queens, New York, and whatever. But my other big like recommendation is grassroots. Like you mentioned, staging protests that is absolutely vital. But like find an organization that you love and just canvas, phone bank, hand out flyers, annoy the shit out of people until they get interested. Mm-hmm. I will say the flyers thing is a good if you don't want to talk to people. Because yeah. you can literally just walk around your own neighborhood and put flyers in. And I spent a day of it with my friend and my brother, and it was like, it wasn't like the funnest thing you could do, but it was something. And it was really helpful because I will say, watching like people do the numbers, it is super expensive for them to mail the stuff out. So yeah. handing them out is so much cheaper, and the money can go towards much better stuff than paying the postal service or whatever they have to do. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to wrap this up, Abby, Abby. Um, so let's just ask that big last question. So what song do you feel defines you at this point in your life right now? Very redundant sentence right there. I don't really care that much. Oh, wow. I, like, I read that when you sent it to me, and I was like, oh, no. Because, like, my music choices fluctuate so much, and um, I don't I don't know I'm gonna follow your heart it is true um I'm going to say and it's not so much the lyrics just so much as like the feeling of the song because I've listened to the song like a lot over the past 
um, few days. It's called Blood Drive by Joshua Burnside. Oh, rad, yeah. Yeah, and I was just listening to it, and it's literally about a blood drive. Like, the lyrics are, like, like you know, like, it's kind of hard because, like, it's, like, one of those songs the lyrics aren't really that important. It's, like, the feeling of it. It's just such a nice song to listen to and it's like very soothing and um I've had a lot of stuff going on in my life so I wouldn't say like it like defines me because it's like something I can listen to and it's like calming and it's also really pretty and the lyrics are also about something that involves getting involved in something yeah no <laughs> I it's wanted a, to really it's a good really tune. bring it out so yeah it's a great song um pretty defining i would say mm. and that's that's it cool. i did turn this into a canadian politics podcast no okay. no that's actually really that's really cool like i want to learn more about other like other nations politics just because i feel like i'm not very educated on the subject obviously um so yeah thank you so much it was really interesting um yeah thank you so much for right. for calling in especially so last minute Thank you so much. Okay, yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. Okay. All right. Later. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Do you remember this odd afternoons in bed? The smell of lavender and lemon floating around us. You got that look in your Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Uh, so I want to thank Alice, who was so like delightful to interview and who in, who uh, scheduled this interview in like five minutes. Like this was a very last minute hardcore effort. So I just want to applaud her for that. You can follow her on Twitter at um, Yolo W H O. She she's delightful. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter at the Highland or the show on Twitter at Teenage Girls Pod. That would be really cool of you. Uh, yeah, if you want to participate in the show, please hit up our website uh, for teenagegirls.com um, slash participate, obvi. And yeah, um, next week I'm planning to release on Wednesday. I'm going to be talking to a great friend of mine from my campaign days. So that's going to be fun. Uh, yeah. So I hope you all have a wonderful night, wonderful day if you're listening to this during the daytime. And yeah, I love you. Bye.